0: I said to Hank Williams, how lonely does it get? Hank Williams hasn't answered yet, but I hear him coughing all that long. Oh, a hundred floors above me in the Tower of Song.
1: Here we are on Radical Australia, live on 3CR855 on your AM dial. Empress, Dale, oh, she's just assaulted the microphone. Bloody punks, they're all the same. Give them a microphone and they carry on.
0: Kick things off with a bang.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're (laughs) chewing too. Just a little bit. You're chewing. Look, we do have a guest. He's young. He's impressionable. Could you please behave yourself, Dale?
0: Okay? I apologise.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a bit embarrassed. He's blushing. <laughs> Look, this is uh, Radical Australian Community Radio Free CR. We have a very special guest to barbecue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
1: It's all right. It's all bullshit, Ben. <laughs> Don't, Don't worry. worry. Ben O'Shea. <laughs> now, Ben, you know the uh, West Park mob. Got you, got you here in false pretenses to tell you it's all about the big debate, which is going to happen at, uh, you know, soon at uh, Thursday, the 8th of December. I know they told you, but it's not. I'm sorry. I'm sure I'll survive. Oh, I'm sure you are. I mean, you are a profession. Do you get paid for debating? Um, no. Not. No? <laughs> well, you're an amateur then, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ben, we, we only asked two questions and you've got 56 minutes to answer them. Now, yep. do you play a musical instrument? Uh, piano and clarinet. Oh, that's no good, because uh, <laughs> you haven't got the with you. Do you sing? No. <laughs> because we have no musical interludes, no ads, okay. no community announcement. It's just a conversation for 56 minutes, but we do allow people who can play a musical instrument to actually play that instrument. Dale, could you find us a clarinet or yeah, something? Somewhere, do you uh, I think.
0: I think it's in use at the moment. <laughs> yes, the station clarinets in use. The the
1: clarinet clarinet. In use. <laughs> My apologies. It's probably fortunate for everyone. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now, now, Ben. Look, I'm an old codger. I'm old and miserable. But um, you look very young. What year were you born? 1992. Could you repeat that again? <laughs> 1992. How are we going to talk about your life for 55 minutes if you were born in 1992? Not sure. You're not a little sure? Bit we'll work well, at we'll it. Yeah. Well that's the first question. The next question is very simple. What's the first thing you remember about your uh, planet Earth? Ooh.
2: I guess it was probably I'm not sure if it was a Christmas morning or mm-hmm. a birthday morning, but I was probably about two or three um waking up before everyone else, mm-hmm. sneaking into the living room. Right. And finding a trike sitting, a tricycle sitting in the middle of the living room, sort of all wrapped up, um, the sun, like the curtains still dark, the room still fairly dark, and just sneaking around before mum and dad were up, oh. when I was probably still supposed to be in bed. <laughs> um, yeah, I had the lecture on not getting up too early and waiting until everyone was there to open presents and that sort of thing. But just the excitement. More
1: so the forbiddenness of waking up then. Did you did you run into Santa? No. no that's never a had pity. that. Never had that luck. No. What's well, and obviously at your age I assume both your parents are still alive? Yes. What type of parents are they? We won't name them just in case you say anything <laughs> defamatory about them. <laughs>
2: Um, I guess just very loving, caring parents, always willing to put aside time to talk Mm. about things, run around after you and take you places, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, always quite supportive of say, like undergoing education and those sorts of things and Mm. always sort of pushing you to take whatever opportunities were there. Mm.
1: You wouldn't call them helicopter parents?
2: No, I wouldn't go that far. Always supportive, but never overly pushy or forcing you down some particular pathway you didn't
1: want to go. Oh, that's very good parents. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't get any better. Wish that's the trouble, Dale, isn't it, with this modern child rearing garbage. <laughs> they get they get a good life when they're young. Um...
0: <laughs> parents actually enjoy their children these days. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine that? No, I wish st- we children would be, be running and away. not hurt. Exactly. You only speak off. when you're spoken to yeah,
1: yeah, I remember when my dad, I was about seven or eight, he threw a mop at me, hit me in the head, <laughs> and I went unconscious. And I think he realised then that that type of physical violence wasn't appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so, nothing like that's happened to you, has it? No no, no, no. No, I can't believe this. We get people here with all these... It's fan- fantastic, isn't it? It is yeah. fantastic. It means that all the suffering we've gone undergone, Dale, has meant something for the younger generation. <laughs> <laughs> so... You don't have to tell us exactly, but what type of uh, work do your parents do? Uh, They're both teachers. Teachers. Oh, no wonder they're (coughs) great parents. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They're both teachers. Uh, Were you born in Melbourne? No, in Ballarat. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in Ballarat, how long did you stay in Ballarat for? So
2: I stayed there all throughout childhood and then shifted to Melbourne for university. Right. So... Did you go to preschool or anything like that? Or it, yeah, so kinder in Ballarat, yeah. and then both primary
1: and secondary yeah. school. Yeah, look, we got it yeah. now. Just relax.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you remember anything about kinder?
2: Um, I remember the first. I remember we used to live right across the road from kinder. Mm. Um, when I started there, so it was. Always quite easy to get there, just walking Mm -hmm. across the road, but never allowed to walk across the road myself. Always mum and dad there, Mm -hmm. holding Mm your hand, Mm -hmm. um, watching out for cars, that sort Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, There used to be a great sandpit out the back, which we all used to play in quite a lot. Um, Yeah, just always digging, playing with trucks... The other thing was I remember dinosaurs were the big thing at the time. Um, Not, say, Transformers or anything like that. For whatever reason, it was dinosaurs, and everyone sort of had plastic dinosaurs. Mm, What did you have? What time? It was a... Stegosaurus, ah, a big purple
1: one. Yeah, they're good. The purple... Yeah, I remember I think I got that. My youngest, youngest son, I think I got him a purple Stegosaurus because that was the time, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. So did you ever get to use that tricycle to cross the road?
2: Um, never to <laughs> cross the road, I don't think. <laughs> <Never>. um, <laughs> maybe up and down the road with right. someone closely yeah. in tow behind. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, not alone, I don't think. No.
1: And do you have any brothers and sisters?
2: I've got two younger brothers and a younger sister.
1: Oh, so you're the eldest. Yeah. And what's it like living with three little brats?
2: Ooh, they can be <laughs> bratty sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't lived at home with them for about six years. Very wise. Um, very wise. Very you, wise. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's generally we got along, but always a bit of tension at some times. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it sort of depends who sort of like wants to watch whatever's on the TV, all of that sort of thing, mm, whenever there's mm, a bit of tension. Mm,
1: a bit of collective living stress. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> not like having somebody you can evict. You're just stuck with them. That's the trouble with brothers and sisters. Yes, my sister keeps blaming me for certain things, like shooting in the eye of an arrow, but I, I deny all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was only the white of the eye you can relax. She's still got sight, but every time she sees me, she reminds me. Your brothers and sisters, you didn't do anything like that to them? Ooh, I came (laughs) close
2: once. Uh, (laughs) That's a good story. We were on a long car trip from Uh Ballarat to Wodonga, Uh and we were playing this. I was playing this stupid game with my brother. It was sort of like he'd have his mouth wide open. And I would stick my finger in and try and pull it out before he bit it out. Um, his two front baby teeth were loose at the time. So he managed to bite down on it, but um. I kept pulling it out came the two baby teeth. With it.
1: Blood everywhere. Yeah. Oh great.
2: And that was half
1: an hour into a four hour car trip. Oh. Did, did, did they stopped the car and out and put the tissues in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I have to stop this car But he's bleeding, he's bleeding. <laughs> oh, look, it's all right. It's all right. Now, how old is he now, your younger brother? He would be 21 now. 21. Has he got straight front teeth or does he still blame you for that? No, they're fine. They're fine. That's okay. That's <laughs> all right. No need to feel guilty. Just the about baby it. teeth. not the, the baby teeth. Not the ones that matter. So, where did you go to primary school? So,
2: I went to St. Francis Xavier mm-hmm. in Ballarat. Um, so, it was a school probably of about 400 people from prep to year six.
1: Co-education? Yep, co-ed. And And what was that like?
2: Um, I guess it was always like a fairly stereotypical primary school experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, getting dropped off there each morning. A lot of... A lot of good friends there. Um, A lot of people there sort of went to the same sort of two high schools. So Mm -hmm. there were a fair few people I knew for quite a while Mm -hmm. through there
1: and that sort of thing. Did you find at primary school that you started to excel at something? Um, Not so much at
2: primary school. I don't think I ever found much... There. I think I was probably always a little too interested, say, playing on the slide or reading Harry Potter oh, right. at the time. But, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Um, yeah, never anything in particular mm. at that stage.
1: Yeah, look, I'm interested in this, this Harry Potter business. <laughs> I'm very interested in this. What's, what's so great about Harry Potter? Why has it caught so many kids' imagination, young kids' imagination? What, what drew you to it? Apart from the publicity.
2: Yeah. um, (laughs) I guess it's always been quite a good sort of escapism narrative. So here's someone who's trapped in there, covered under the stairs. There's sort of the drudgery of everyday life, albeit Harry's is probably a little bit worse than most people's (laughs) at that stage. Um, And then just sort of the fact that you're magicked out of it one day. There's the discovery of a whole new world. You've Mm never really you never knew existed, um, finding a place in that world, finding friends, finding talents, opening your eyes to that sort of thing. I think mm. that's something a lot of people can relate to
1: on some sort of level. Mm. Going back to your uh, parents' origins, were they born in this country or they come from, came, came from overseas?
2: Uh, both born in Australia. Mm. So mum was born up in Albury mm-hmm. and dad was born around... Warnable. Um, his parents were both on a dairy farm
1: mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And did they, and were, did you meet your grandparents on both sides? Or
2: On mum's side, yes. Um, on dad's side, his dad had passed away before I was born.
1: Um, nana would have passed away when I was about two or three. three two or three, so, right. And uh, where did they come from? Were they born in Australia too? Or? Yep. So, you know, everybody's into their family history these days. Not that you want to know your family history sometimes. But uh, do you know much about where they came from? Or um, Not a huge amount. Um, all
2: sort of migrants from Ireland. Ireland, as right. As a background. Yep. Um, there's one convict in there who apparently um, was involved in horse stealing uh-huh. or something at the honourable time. Honourable profession, honourable yep. profession for the Irish. <laughs> yep. Um But the rest were mainly migrants around migrants. sort of eighteen hundred, mid to late eighteen hundreds, I think. I know,
1: I'd say were there any of them being I mean in Ballarat boy? Any of them involved in the Eureka Rebellion? Do you know of? Um, not that I'm
2: aware. Most my parents only really shifted to Ballarat um, after they were married. Right. Um, most of most of Dad's family was around Warnerville, further west, Western Victoria. Mums, I'm not completely sure. sure. They sort of moved around a little bit more. Right. So where did you go to high school? I went to St. Patrick's College in <laughs> Ballarat. What's, what's that exactly?
1: So it's an all-boys school there. Why did your parents, you know, both teachers, think that an all-boys school is appropriate for you?
2: Um, I guess it's a case of it's sort of looking around what the different schools in Ballarat were um the primary school I went to was a bit of a feeder school there so I think of about the say 29 boys in my year level about 25 ended up at St Pat's right so that would have been part of it um also both were teachers in sort of the Catholic Mm. education system at the time Um, and there's only sort of three Catholic schools in Ballarat, one a boys' school, one a girls' school, Mm -hmm. and the other one, which Mm -hmm. is co-ed, was a bit further out and over the other side of town. So I guess that's probably just sort of fell into it that way more so Mm. than anything else.
1: Were you a Christmas Catholic or a little bit more...? uh
2: Um, It's sort of changed growing up. So I think it's something as a family that was sort of more prominent at the time, say, growing up early childhood, but mm-hmm. then sort of drifting away as you get older sort yeah. of thing. Mm. Sort of, like, I'm probably more just mm. a Christmas Catholic more than anything else. Right, yeah, like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 95% of Catholics these days. Busted. Um, don't let my nana hear that. <laughs> all, right, all
1: right, nana, nana, this this is going to actually be podcast don't access the podcast, and it is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Don't listen to the podcast, Nana, and he will be in church on Christmas Day. Is that correct? Yes, I assume so. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. I'm, I was worried there for a minute. Your Nana was going to come here and hit me. <laughs> so you said you kind of felt that you were finding your way in high school. What Did you find there were things that interested you? Yeah, I was sort of
2: involved in music quite a bit at high school, um, playing in band, um, those sorts of things, also involved in debating as well at school. So both of those things, I guess, were the two main things I was sort of involved in at the time. What
1: happened to all the academic studies?
2: Oh, still <laughs> academic studies, but as uh, well as uh, that. I guess everyone's involved in uh, study at
1: school uh, to some degree, or should be. Should be, yeah. The- uh.
2: Maybe that's an overly rosy yeah.
1: view. <laughs> you You realise our producer here, Dale Bridges The uh, head honcho and Liquor Snatch very well-known band around Melbourne So what type of music did you play? <laughs> <laughs> um, me, it was always more sort of
2: classical right. music Do you so think so you
1: could... Yeah. Ben could be in your band, you reckon? He's more into classical, you
0: know? Oh, it's more a matter of whether or not he identifies as queer
1: Right, okay. where oh. we're
0: about the queer punks, mate. Yeah, about on. the
1: queer punks. Okay, all right. We won't go down that path. We'll, we'll, give, we'll give the man some privacy. But, uh, yeah, Okay. so what, clarinet, piano, you said? Yeah. And did that start at primary school or did you, in, in high school?
2: Uh, piano started in primary
1: school. Mm-hmm. Clarinet was it was a
2: school where you had to take up an instrument in year seven, so mm-hmm. usually, say, a woodwind instrument, a brass mm-hmm. instrument, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, so I ended up choosing clarinet at the time.
1: Yeah, well, it's a small instrument to carry, isn't it?
0: You're a yeah, smart, yeah, very wise. The,
2: <laughs> yeah, you see people struggling along with tubas, yeah. and trombones, so and it's yeah.
1: just like not a particularly fun yeah. experience. Yeah, well, I think I think you uh, did the right thing getting a clarinet. What are your fingers like? You got RSI yet? Or? Um, no, I haven't been playing as much. Lately. Does your grandmother know this? Um.
2: I'm sure she's fine with that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit worried you're going to disappoint. Her. <laughs> so, debating—where does that come from? That's an old-fashioned thing. Debating, isn't it, for a young young man in the 21st century? Ah, uh, you'd be surprised. There's still like
2: a lot of schools around Melbourne, around Victoria, are still really engaged in debating. Mm. Um, on one level, it ties in with their English curriculum, persuasive argument, that sort of thing. But on another level, they tend to like it and promote it because it's that ability to challenge ideas, engage with current ideas and start to form an opinion on them and advocate for that opinion um, rather than just having news fed to you, being able to think about it, being able to interpret it. So,
1: So when did you start debating? How
2: old were you? Probably around year nine, right. I think, was when
1: mm-hmm. most of us. So, it was, was it a structured, formalized thing in the in the school? Like they were debating uh, competitions and that type of thing? A
2: little bit. It's one of those sorts of co curricular things. So, you mm. might go along at lunchtime. You would often have, say, a competition where other schools would be in it. So, mm. you would prepare whatever side of the argument you mm. were deciding mm. there. Um, with your team, work out who's saying what, um, and then you'd actually have your debate then.
1: Mm. And who'd pick the topics? Um, So
2: usually whichever competition was running it. So there's a large, for instance, statewide competition run by the Debaters Association Victoria, which Mm. involves, I think, over 250 schools. So they will often select different topics. Um, So that's some of the stuff we debated back during high school.
1: Most people would kind of fall out of that type of thing, but what kept you debating?
2: I guess it's always been that ability to... Often you're given an issue which is sort of topical and relevant in society. So how is it that we view, um, say, the rights of particular groups in societies? How do we view a particular government policy... How do we view this particular global issue in the world? And thinking about, okay, what's the sort of... How does this affect individual lives? How should it be changed? How can it be changed as well? And sort of Mm -hmm. questioning that sort of role. So it's not just an
1: isolated academic exercise in your mind debating. A
2: little bit to some extent, but also just the fact that you are at least thinking about issues more broadly yeah. and discussing those issues more broadly with other people, I think, mm. sort of plays a role in yeah. it at least seems
1: bigger in that sort of scope yeah. of things. Look, you uh, take me back 50 years, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 15 or 16, I feel sad that I'm that old. But uh, we, had, we had debating societies and debating competitions. The big debates in those days were the, obviously the Vietnam War, I think one debate I was in, I was nearly killed, it was about the Viet Cong, why we should be supporting the Viet Cong, and this is uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, during conscription, and <laughs> it just went on and on. But uh, these, it was a very conservative period. But uh, you're right, the debaters were actually at the cutting edge of the uh, of the issues of the day, that was, and obviously the same thing. So what, what type of issues kind of um, preoccupied you in high school regarding debating in generally?
2: I guess often the debates I found more interesting were probably ones to do with, say, wider sort of social issues in society to some extent. So, for instance, how do we address a particular environmental issue? So one topic which came up a bit, say, about six or eight years ago, because it was quite prominent in the news, was, say, Sea Shepherd and anti-whaling activism at the time. So discussing how do we balance sort of say environmentalism with say what japan obviously wants out of that so what are sort of the key issues there and discussing that was sort of a key thing Mm -hmm. at the time um there's also always recurring debates on say the criminal justice system in our society so how does that intersect with um, different people's backgrounds whether that's race whether that's Um, economic status and those sorts of things how do we go off and get the sorts of outcomes that we want to see from that whether that's in terms of say a more cohesive community whether that's protecting the community or something else within Mm. the sort of spectrum of different things you might try to achieve Mm. from that system I guess those were probably the debates I was a little more interested Mm. in
1: than others. If I turned up, it was St. Patrick's, wasn't it? Yeah. If I turned up at St. Patrick's when you were at high school, would I see you on the sporting field? Probably not.
2: (laughs) 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 My high school sport experience was limited to um, probably classroom PE. yes. (laughs) <laughs> being, being forced it, 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 into it. You didn't have
1: a nerd volleyball team like we did 50 years ago. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> no. No,
1: didn't have, a, didn't have the volleyball team. It's always a good fallback if you don't want to do sport. You're going to the volleyball team. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very, you know, physical.
2: Yeah, it, the problem was By uh, the way, we played it. <laughs> <laughs> we had a volleyball team uh-huh. at school. The only thing it was, it was, it was
1: quite competitive and did well so yeah, even, are, right. even even the Matt- volleyball team had expectations <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> it was your exclusive so obviously obviously here you are music debating and academically what did you find interesting i won't say what did you excel but what did you find interesting in high school um i guess that's something else which has probably
2: changed over time from school until now um back at school i was probably a little more interested in say science um I particularly enjoyed, say, maths and chemistry a lot at the time. But over, say, the past few years, um, heading off to uni and those sorts of things, I've probably found those areas to be less of an interest that I want, have ever wanted to go down and mm. perhaps be more interested. In other areas, so for instance, I'm a law student now, as opposed to we forgive you. Through. It's all yeah. right.
1: <laughs> law, what everybody does, law something.
2: Um, Melbourne's a little bit different, so right. they only run law as a graduate. Yeah, after, you've course. Done, after
1: you've done your um, undergraduate, you have to do an undergraduate course. Yeah, first. so I'll well, we'll we'll talk science. about that in a minute. Yeah. We'll do. Now, with coming, it's uh, almost four thirty. This is Radical Australian Community Radio, three CR streaming live on 3 dot org dot Say so, grandma if you want to catch bit. <laughs> He is coming to church on Sunday. I guarantee you. Not Sunday, sorry. Christmas Day. He said he's coming. He, you're not going to let her down, are you? No, definitely
2: not. Thank you, not.
1: thank you very much. And the program is podcast. You can access the podcast later today by going to freecr.org.au. And we're uh, interviewing Ben O'Shea and uh, the princess, or the empress, is uh, doing all the uh, important work at the other end of the panel. Usually, she jumps in if I get a little bit too aggressive with the uh, interviewee. But uh, obviously, she's you happy? You happy with the tone of the interview? Uh,
0: you know, you're doing okay. Just, just watch yourself.
1: Thank you. Okay. <laughs> anyway, boss, the boss. <laughs> yeah, the boss. <laughs> all right. Now comes that all-defining moment in the lives of all young people: Year Twelve ah. VCE. <laughs> ah, he says VCE. What doors open for you? I'm not going to ask you. What mark you got? What doors opened for you at the end of VCE? Um, I guess I had a fair few
2: doors Mm -hmm. open at the end of VCE. I was always sort of interested in shifting to Melbourne, um, moving to the big city, that sort of thing. Um, I was a little bit unsure probably as to what I wanted to do at the time. Uh, It's like there were lots of things I enjoyed. I still enjoyed music. I still enjoyed debating. I still enjoyed science. Um, So I sort of settled on heading towards Melbourne Uni just because it was that sort of open, very broad undergraduate degrees, sort of find out what you're interested there, that sort of thing. Um, That's sort of why I settled more on Melbourne than Mm. anywhere else wasn't
1: love interest or anything like that no 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 all right okay we won't get <laughs> so, we do ask all types of questions here but we won't embarrass you you can relax so melbourne university my old alma mater isn't that nice to be speaking to another melbourne graduate now where did you start what did you choose i started off studying biomedicine Wow, oh, that's yeah. interesting yeah down my my alley biomedicine why would a young man at 17 or 18 choose biomedicine i was
2: sort of lacking a little bit as to where i ultimately wanted to end up um i had sort of done a fair few science subjects in school done okay at them so i was like okay let's follow this through let's see how this ends up um so i s- Follow that through, um, and spend a year at the end doing an honours year in a research lab, and sort of decided that wasn't necessarily the area.
1: It's pretty boring, isn't it? Let's be realistic. (laughs) It's it's so pat, isn't it? Medicine. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I did years and years. I mean, I've got I've got a doctorate of medicine from Melbourne Uni decades ago before you were born. But it just most of it is really pat unless you do your own research unless you're heading your own research yeah, team. Definitely. And I assume that's what you found in the laboratory, that uh, you basically follow instructions.
2: Yeah, it's a lot very tied to where the funding comes from, very mm. tied to having to pursue certain things there and having to follow a sort of very set pathway mm. in mm. order to continue down that field. And it wasn't a pathway... I was particularly interested in, say, yeah. spending the next five years.
1: Yeah, unlike down. me, obviously, you got an inquiring mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> so after the first year, what you ditched it?
2: Yeah, so I did. No, I saw through biomedicine.
1: Right. Um, so you've got a, what an undergraduate degree in biomedicine with honors, I yeah. assume? Yep.
2: Um, and then that's sort of what I liked about Melbourne:
1: the ability to
2: sort of go, okay, what do I want to do now? Where oh. else do my interests lie? So I sort of settled on law mm-hmm. at the time. At the time? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Is it like, that sounds less, uh, no, I really do enjoy uh, it. Um, uh, and that uh, sort of reason for going down there, just in uh, terms of what were my other interests.
1: Uh, do, you know, do you know how many lawy- law graduates are going to law? Not a huge number. No, about <laughs> 25%. I know. Yeah. <laughs> So why would you choose law?
2: I guess it was a case of it's something which is quite broad in terms of where you can take a law degree. So mm-hmm. there's always, say, private practice, um, and, but there's also a whole lot of other fields where the law plays quite a large role, whether it's in terms of, say, the criminal justice system and how we shape that. Mm. Whether it's in terms of, say, government policy, um, what are the sort of constraints in terms of what the government can try to do, mm. how can they go about implementing different things, and then also across into the private sector, how does business do whatever it is that so- it sometimes seems that business does. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, make a and buck. how does that happen? Yeah. How to make a buck. <laughs> well, that's the essence of business, isn't it? Yeah. Making a buck. Um, but Have you finished your law degree?
2: Uh, another year left.
1: So how many have you done? Three, have you or two? Two down, one just to go. One to go. And uh, any particular subjects you like?
2: I really enjoyed contracts. For contracts.
1: Some Whoa. <laughs> well, it's the biomedical training. You just you yeah. Wanted to, yeah. You enjoyed contracts. It's I enjoyed, not the type of thing you tell people. Yeah, I
2: enjoyed it on. as a subject. I don't think I would enjoy it quite so much in uh, terms of dealing with it uh, on a daily basis,
1: though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, contracts, yeah. I had a, an acquaintance who kind of uh, went to the Supreme Court on a contractual dispute and three million dollars later that's when he kind of decided it was you know he says i'm never going back to court again although a court can be very fun i was actually in the supreme court
0: uh,
1: earlier on this year and uh, i was defending it was an esoteric point i'd I'd taken the magistrate court to the supreme court because i felt the magistrate decision was wrong and uh, the other side which is the commonwealth prosecutor's office had Two QCs at the case in the Supreme Court, and and I'm defending myself. Obviously, <laughs> I can't afford yes. QCs, but if I lose, it's about forty or fifty grand for the day. Mm. And halfway through the court, the judge peers. You know what the how they peer down their eyes yeah. their glasses. And, and he said to the two honourable QCs, he said, "Have you ever thought you could lose this case, gentlemen?" <laughs> and and they did. Yeah, and it was very funny because at the end. He's got a problem, see, because he's got to allocate court costs mm. and he knows he's going to have a battle because if he allocate, he's either the magistrate's court's got to pay or the Commonwealth prosecutor's got to pay. Mm. So he's a quandary, and he says, what would you like to do about costs, sir? And I said, well, I said, and I think this will go down in the annals of legal history, I said, well, if the um, magistrate's courts awarded costs against them, the taxpayer will have to uh, pay and if the... Commonwealth prosecutors' office has awarded costs against them. The taxpayer will have to pay. So I've decided to defer costs, Your Honour. And he said, "Thank God." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it can be quite funny court if it's not serious. Mm. You know, if it's if you're not going to go to jail for thirty years, it can be quite funny. You found court funny, didn't you, Dale?
0: I've managed to steer clear of that place. So really? Far. Have you done that? I'm a clean skin mate.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Mm. You mean? You know. I, really? I'm a good girl. Come on. What do you think I am? <laughs> well,
1: I thought you were a bad girl. I thought you were a good girl turned better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Going back. <laughs> no, it's funny, Law. So you're going to do Law, you
2: reckon? Maybe. will be. It's the old, we'll see where the jobs are when we graduate.
1: <laughs> well, there aren't any jobs in Law, mate. Come on. Mm. Where are you going to go? Are you going to... I mean, I, I, there was a young woman I did a reference for um, this year, you know, and she'd been looking for a job for a year, you know, trying to get her articles. Have you got anybody lined up for your articles?
2: No, not... Well, oh, you better start like thinking about that. I know. You know, I'm sure, at... I'm
1: sure your parents have been telling you that. Yeah. <laughs> start, because it's a tough business to enter, very tough, because hmm. there's, no le- there's no money. I mean, I was talking to uh, one of the major law firms that does a lot of pro bono work and uh, whether this woman could work for them, and uh, there's really just no government money coming in, you know? They just can't afford to take on. Well, that's what they claim. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, obviously, you'll go for the big firms. Contractual law. Yeah, know. we'll see. will um, see. All right. Yeah. Let's get back to something interesting, debating. Yes. Did you continue debating in university?
2: Yeah, so I've still been a member of the Melbourne University Debating Society.
1: So when did you join that? At the start started first year. Is that right? Right, and did they kind of look at, look down at you when you joined? Debaters tend to do that, don't they? Uh, not <laughs> hugely. Not <There's>...
2: hugely. Eh? <laughs> the new boy. Yeah, I don't know. There's always a large wave of first year uni students who are yeah. interested each year. So. You... There's looking down at them as like a collective bunch. But yeah. Never yeah, any yeah. sort of individual.
1: Just <laughs> <laughs> general, general disdain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't pick on individuals. Yeah, so, So, how, how, do you, how do you build up a reputation there? Um, I don't know. It's more a sort of
2: case of if you're there, if you stick around for a while. Um, and you're just sort of interested in it, then you sort of just naturally tend to find other people there who are also interested in it and also quite involved. So um, I guess that's more that just staying involved and talking to other people more so than anything else. So what
1: does that entail in terms of um,
2: time? So we, for instance, would typically meet one evening a week just Mm -hmm. during semester Mm. Often at the start, we will run, say, some sort of training session on a particular issue. So So what does a training
1: session entail?
2: So it's looking at what's a topic area which might often come up in debating and what are some of the different arguments or some of the different principles you might be looking at, um, the different outcomes you're trying to achieve in a particular debate. So using the example of the criminal justice system, depending on what side of the debate you're on, you might be favouring rehabilitation as an outcome and how this particular proposal that you're debating um, is better at favouring rehabilitation, whereas the other side might be saying in a debate, well, maybe even if that does favour rehabilitation, it undermines, say, community protection or... Community confidence in the justice system, or a deterrent effect on stopping yeah. crimes this? from happening.
1: I assume ninety percent of debate is the law students. Um, no, not no, you'd really? be surprised.
2: Oh. Um, there's a small, there's obviously some number of law students in there, but it's not a huge amount anymore. Um, well, it's because you think broader. it'd
1: be per- perfect training for a law student because when you're a you know, a legal legal, um, you may be defending somebody who you think is a rapist, and uh, you'd ha- use you'd use the same mindset, wouldn't you? Is it regarding debating skills in terms that there's no emotional involvement?
2: Yeah, I think definitely, perhaps on that level. But on another level, it's also discussion about say broader issues in society, and that's something you often find within a lot of law degrees and a lot of law schools now. It's often focused on here's what the law is, and less of a focus on what do we think the policy implications are, what do, we, how do, what do we think the law should look like, and those sorts of things. So I think that is something most people can engage with on some level, what do they think is important, mm. what do they want to be
1: engaged in in society. So, how would a, a debate in the twenty first century be structured? Is it the same old structure that I was in, involved in fifty years ago? Or probably, probably. Um, so, what, tell us what what's it like. How do you get your topic first, and who do you debate against? So, if it's just say uni debating, then often
2: it'll be a case of someone will have set the to- Someone on the committee will have set, been asked to set the topic. Um, it's sort of given to both sides. You have half an hour to prepare.
1: Half an hour? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. You're given a topic, you've got half an hour? Yeah. How many people on each team? Three people on a team. No, does, nothing seems to have changed.
2: Yeah. Uh. Um, and But there's also a few sort of debating competitions between universities mm-hmm. as well. So some of those are in a very similar format. Some are a little bit different, Mm -hmm. so in Mm -hmm. terms of rather than just having, say, two teams of three, you
1: have, say, four teams of two Mm
0: -hmm. in Mm -hmm. another
1: style. So Mm -hmm. So do you have a specific team you debate with?
2: Um, It's a case of you often mix around who you're debating with, Mm -hmm. but sometimes, particularly if you were going to a competition and debating against other universities, you might be in a fixed team with a few other people
1: for that. So in these competitions between universities, is it it statewide or or Australia-wide? Generally, Australia-wide, but also internationally.
2: So Mm. we have teams that would compete in, say, the Australian Championships, but we also send them to, say, the Australasian Championships, and there's a World Universities Debating Championships as well.
1: Excuse me? A World (laughs) Universities? What's the language? (laughs) Oh, this one's in English. <laughs> this is English. You're not, not expected to do Mandarin or uh, nothing <laughs> like that. No, yeah, yeah. A World Universities Debating Championship in the English language. Oh, I'm I'm flabbergasted here. I'm, I'm just amazed. So obviously, you've now that you've been there four years at the university or three years, whatever it is. You've uh, kind of gone up the debating hierarchy, have you? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, and you are on a team for just. For the Melbourne University.
2: I have been for some of the competitions in the past, yeah. In the
1: past, yeah. In the past. And how have you gone?
2: Um, me personally, never particularly successful. Oh, it's
1: a team effort. Come yeah. on. We don't want false modesty here in Radical Australia. <laughs> we need megalomaniacs.
2: No, I've <laughs> never been in a team that's made, say, the finals or anything like that. But right. a few other people at Melbourne have made it through to finals and things. Right.
1: So. You've never been... To. So, so what? What? I understand there's some big debate coming up. Is that correct? Um... Are you going overseas sure. or something? Ah,
2: yeah. We're sending... Uh, Melbourne's sending about 10 people over to The Hague for the World Universities Debating Championships.
1: 10 people? Yes. you got to pay your own way?
2: I uh, have to pay our own flights, but right, right. Um, not registration that's
1: uh-huh. covered uh, by the, the Hague. Yes. In, Am- in, in um, Holland, yeah. The Hague. A debating... World debating championship, university championship. yeah. Have you made that short list of 10?
2: I'm going as one of our judges. A judger? Yep. How come? Um oh, I didn't make the team. <laughs> <laughs> of
1: course you did. You were so good, they made you the judge. No. Uh, just <laughs> come on, come on, you've got to lie. Yeah, we'll go with that. That's, go with that. No, yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, well that's all right. No, don't worry, it's a good it's a free trip. Yeah. And you don't crazy. and you don't and you don't get brain damage from it, like you get tackled no. or kicked in the head, you know, like it's a sporting championship. Yeah, no risk of that. I mean the only risk is you get punched by an opposing team. Have you ever seen that happen? No. no. I'm sure it has somewhere. I would be interested to track
2: down a video, but
1: if we go on YouTube, no. I'm sure we'll...
2: Yeah, I know. There's a few overseas parliaments which end up in yeah, fisticuffs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Serbian parliament, mm. Brazilian parliament. I'd like to sit in the Australian parliament, but yeah. I'm sure we will by the end of this term. Too much space between the different sides. So there is a lot of space, you're right. There's not enough representatives. We need to double them. Yes. You haven't got a political career in mind, have you? No, probably not. And being a judge, you're not looking at going on the... This- High Court in about 40 years or something, eh? Look, I'd <laughs> certainly be open to it, but I just don't see that happening. Well, you, need to, you need to carry some political favour, you know, that's the way it works to be appointed to the High Court, mm. you know, you got to start early. Don't tell them you know me, you, yeah. won't, <laughs> you won't get anywhere, and it, don't mention Dale. <laughs> and don't mention radical australia in your uh, curriculum veto when you're to be a high court judge. Okay,
2: I'll have to cut that line out.
1: Now. Cut that yeah. line out, you know. I know you like young people like to have a long curriculum veto. All right. So, you've got another debate coming up about West Papua.
2: Yes, that's a, as part of the Sampari art exhibition mm-hmm. um which was being run in the first week or two of December. So we're debating a team from Monash University.
1: God, they're scum. (laughs) (laughs) Intellectual midgets. (laughs) (laughs) Now you demean yourself to debate. On actually. university, I'm sure, they're very nice people. No. Oh, I'm sure they. <laughs> you can be nice and still be an internet uh, you know. Now, obviously, 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 your side would be supporting the Indonesians, wouldn't it? Melbourne University being a very conservative, you know, sandstone university.
2: Yeah, in this case, we're supporting. The, we're speaking for the Indonesian side in ah, terms of remaining know, as part
1: you, of it. Have you spoken to the? Um, Consul or the um, ambassador? No. Have you got any expect... hints or anything from the Indonesians? You want me to organise something? <laughs> I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll make it through fine. Um, there's a lot of
2: information around, so yeah, yeah.
1: we're sort of trawling through that. You're trawling at through that. Yeah, yep. yeah, have you looked at the torture tapes? They're always good.
2: Uh, no, haven't no, gone no. down that path. See,
1: I'm trying to sabotage your, camp, your debating campaign. You understand that. The Monash people have paid me. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that sounds typical underhanded
1: tactics. Yeah, Yeah. that's what you expect (laughs) from from those debating. I mean, they're not going to the World Championships, are they? Oh, they're going as well. You're not sharing a digs, are you, with them? No, hopefully not. I can imagine Monash and Melbourne sharing digs. I mean, the conversation's... (laughs) Yes, it's on Thursday, the 8th of December at 6pm at the Australian Catholic University Art Gallery, 26 Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. And it's the Monash Association of Debaters, MAD, which is what you'd expect from those people. (laughs) Yes, should West Papua be independent and the Melbourne University Debating Society, who obviously, you know, my old alma mater, I support the Sandstone University... Uh, that's muds, M-U-D-S. There's no so. Uh, now, being serious, this is a serious issue. Yeah. Is there any emotional contact in the uh, content in the debate? Do you think, or are you just swayed by the strength of the um, ideas?
2: Well, I think it's often impossible to separate the two when you're talking about how people live in a country, their system of government. It's a case that that often has real impacts on their life how they go about those sorts of everyday things how they interact with social services access to education all Mm. of those sorts of things so i think it's often impossible to try and separate the two Um, to some degree maybe you can but Mm. again the thing is when you're having a debate you try to think not just what's occurring within some particular vacuum but how does this have real-world implications? Who's actually impacted? But it is a competition day? at
1: the end of the day, isn't it? To it's an intellectual. S- some it is an yes. intellectual competition. You you argue. It's it's like being a, a lawyer in court. Mm. Criminal criminal lawyer in court.
2: Yeah, it's about taking your side and being able to advocate for that side and show mm. why that's most
1: important. Right. And um, three debaters. Yes. How long do you have each?
2: Each person speaking for seven minutes.
1: Mm-hmm. And do you have any rebuttal time?
2: Um, as part of your seven minutes, you have the ability to present like affirmative information for your team's case, but then also engage with whatever it is and rebut against whatever the other team said as well.
1: Right, right. That's within the seven minutes. You don't have a specific time after that? Yeah, there's no additional
2: time on top of that. No additional time. That's
1: interesting. That's that's a change,
2: yeah. Although we'll have a bit of a, probably a bit of an open discussion Mm -hmm. and debrief at the end of this debate.
1: Right, that's if you're still alive. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You realise, look, I I hate to use this term. I shouldn't use it. You know, you'll be as welcome as a pork chop in a synagogue. You realise. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be, you 're not going to be the flavor of the month i mean this this monash crowds has got all the aces up their sleeves i'm I'm sure they have um, no well, i mean I feel i mean yeah. I mean this is not fair. Do you want me to talk to the organizers and get the monash people to go down in a screaming heap no I think
2: we're <laughs> we're fine like there's certainly uh, there's definitely arguments mm. on both sides mm. um we'll both be trying to bring them out to the best of our ability. Mm. Um, the reality is often in a debate, there might be a side you don't agree with. Agree with, if you're in the audience watching that. Mm. Um, it's a case of a game thinking about there's no point always addressing what you believe in in a vacuum. It's always mm. a case of there are often two sides to each argument. Mm. Unless you're willing to engage with what the other side what their concerns are, what they're mm. trying to consider, then there's not much point.
1: Well, what you're saying is very it. old-fashioned, isn't it? With the, with the internet these days, only, you only interact with people who've got similar ideas, don't you? Mm. But to some... No, but no, yeah, that's what I'm absolutely. saying. This, 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 is, this, is, this, is, this is real debating. Mm. This is real ideas and it's a clash of ideas and people using their intellect to try to convince people otherwise. I, I mean, my concern, mm. as I'm sure... Maybe it's your concern with the internet. You just find like-minded people. You find another cannibal who likes to fry ears. Well, and that's all you talk to.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we saw, for instance, in the US election, why so many people were shocked that Trump was elected was because that's not the voices they're used to hearing the sorts of concerns that were raised and not mm. the concerns that they're willing mm. to listen to. So unless you're willing to engage with other people's ideas and concerns, you'll often end up caught out by what they are and how you deal with those sorts
1: of things in the aftermath. Mm. See, a lot of people have got the usual... will go a bit more general now. Uh, the usual garbage that, uh, you know, the youth of today are rotten and... The world's going to end and I mean I have never seen a more uh, engaged group of young people. I mean you may not be doing the things we were doing when a lot of uh, avenues were blocked to us in terms of we have to protest but I, I think a lot of the comments that are made about young people not being engaged is incorrect. Well, what's the feeling you feel among your peers regarding issues that are important to us?
2: I think there's often a huge amount of engagement on those issues. So with the internet, more people are aware when you talk about, say, inequality, when you talk about um, oppression or any of those other issues, any social issue really, it's not a case of you have to go out, you have to try and find evidence, you have to try to sort of validate those views. There's so much information out there that you can engage with, and I think people are Aware of a lot of those things on a level they're not necessarily aware of, were aware of in any sort of previous era gone. I think to the extent that people say young people are unengaged and not interested, I think it's to some extent either being less willing to listen to young people, sort of falling into that echo chamber of what they think is important, or the sort of flip side in terms of not being willing to engage with younger people. In say the political system, wanting setting up the sorts of structures that mm. tend to favour the people who are already there, to, um, t- there rather than bringing in young people and allowing them to have a voice as well.
1: Yeah, this, like I said, this young uh, lawyer I uh, unsuccessfully assist, uh, tried to assist at the beginning of the year regarding uh, work articles. Has now got articles and she's now been elected as a uh, council on the Frankston City Council. So it shows a lot of engagement. You know, by young people you, Did you ever read the, the article by Socrates Regarding the young? No, I can't say I have Look at it Written 2,600 years ago And he goes on and on and on About the end of the earth Because they're lazy <laughs> They don't engage They're not interested it's It just... sounds very familiar <laughs> Exactly, it's, It doesn't change Each generation thinks they're the ant's pants Obviously Look, I've been very impressed talking to you, Ben, and I'm sure the um, Empress will tell you that I'm a hard man to impress. Yes. And it's um, good to see that people of your calibre are around and I've really got no worries about the future. None whatsoever. As long as you don't become a lawyer. <laughs> 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 you're wasted. You're wasted on the law. You, okay. You're wasted. You really are. You're wasted. Maybe, Maybe international law. Maybe you could find... Could put an application in the Hague while you're there for the uh, World <laughs> Universities you know, that's the World Court there Yeah, it could be, yeah. could be a possibility. Well, I assume that's why you're having a debating, debate there at the Hague um, Yeah, I guess that's part of it. Mm. Um, it's
2: a competition which rotates around each year, but mm, mm, yeah mm. that's certainly part mm, of mm. the appeal for a lot of people going
1: well, Hopefully you're the judge for the Monash team yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They deserve it <laughs>
1: Uh, Look, have you got any um, advice to people listening to the program?
2: I guess it's more if you care about issues, if you want to be engaged in issues. You don't have to so much as jump straight in and want to change the world overnight. It's just thinking about how can I engage just a little bit with it how can I just start to put my foot in the door just a tiny bit? And you'll find that stuff often picks up from there. You'll often meet other people. Um, you'll often have different opportunities and doors open that you don't really expect or like. would think are accessible. It's more just being involved in things and being willing to speak up and have a go.
1: Well, thank you very much, Ben O'Shea. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much, Empress Dale Bridge, And if you want to see more, you want to see what Ben looks like, and you want to cheer him on on the uh, no team for uh, West Parkwood Independence. It's at the ACU Australian Catholic University Art Gallery. Do they have a debating team? Yes, I think so. Yeah, wouldn't be much quality, but that's another story. (laughs) (gasps) They're at twenty six Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. I like to give them the yes case for abortion. 26 Brunswick Street, Fitzroy, Thursday the 8th of December, 6pm be there and don't forget the West Papuan Independence Rent Collective Christmas Party to which you all invited to uh, at uh, Sunday the 11th of December between 1 and 3pm. Thank you very much Dale and I'm sure Ben with people like you as our future Prime Minister will have no problems at all in, in the land of ice. Thank <laughs> you.
0: Just dad, everybody talking to their pockets.